Rat and Soup Podcast Evolved, your home for Halo. I'm your host today, David, and joining me is Aaron. Hi, guys. And Tom. What's up? That's right, everybody. Remember Tom? Yeah, I exist, guys. <laughs> He's a real boy. <laughs> we are live today, so shout out to our Discord server. Thank you all for coming along and listening to the madness. Today, we're going to cover some Halo Infinite multiplayer news and other news from Halo in the past month. As you can imagine, there has been a lot. Um, we have some listener voicemails and a podcast of all the announcement. At the end, oh, interesting. I don't even know what this is. Interesting. <laughs> Live excitement. Before we get started, just to let you know, obviously, this is our main show, Podcast Evolve. So if you're new, hello, hello, hello. Uh, we have a whole bunch of shows. So our main show is obviously we talk about news and lore and whatnot and the listeners. Uh, we have other shows that are Missing Debrief, Halo Book Club, Builds of Blocks, and Halo Headlines, all of which you can find on our website. Uh, we also have a partnership with HCS Pro Talk with Josh and Will. Um, they dig into a lot of the multiplayer side of things, so we don't have to, and it, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So I mentioned our website. That's HaloPodcastEvolved.com. On there is a whole bunch of stuff. There's a store. There's merch. There is episodes on episodes on episodes on anything you can think of related to Halo. If you're already a fan of the show, please give us a review and rate us. It's pretty handy to get some good feedback or any kind of feedback, really, um, to let us know how we're doing, things you want us to keep doing, things we may need to change. All of that's pretty good. Also, we need to stop now and thank our patrons. So, guys, thank you so much. Um, you do incredible work for us by just giving us those little bits of monies to keep us going. So that's pretty damn great. And if you'd like to know more, you can head over to patreon.com slash you guys are awesome. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Finally, I'd like to encourage our listeners to listen to, or sorry, support us on Audible. Uh, Audible is a pretty cool thing that I never use, but I know a whole bunch of people do, including Aaron. And it's essentially all the audiobooks in the whole world in one place. Um, so we have a trial uh, called audibletrial.com slash evolved that gives us a little bit of support. All the Halo books are pretty much on there. Some of them, well, most of them are pretty well done. But there's a few dodgy words in there every now and again. <laughs> and we're now into the show. So, last week in Halo, Aaron and Tom, I've seen you guys messaging each other, so I know you've been playing. We did some of the same stuff, so we can talk about that. I played with Angry Tom. Uh, Tom played with Angry Aaron. <laughs> oh! There was lots of screaming, lots of swearing, um, trying to figure out why some things were the way they were. Playing Halo Infinite multiplayer has reminded me that I don't play a lot of PvP anymore, and it stresses me. Yeah, it does. I enjoy the game, it plays well, but so do other people, and I I don't play as (laughs) well. So that's basically what I've learned, and I I would give a leg for a PvE mode right now. Yeah, You got your bots in there, Aaron. (laughs) <laughs> do but it's not quite the same and some of the challenges require pvp they specifically force you to go and play against real people and not bots and then it's like oh well they, they kind of should like they should kind of gear you towards that but to be fair like we didn't have an awful time we did play a good game we had a good big team game i played a couple of good fiesta games between tom and another guy vincent that i've been playing with Wait, you mean you're playing with someone else as well, Aaron? What? I'm sorry, Tom. I'm in an open relationship <laughs> when it comes to Halo. 
Like, it's mostly been pretty good. I did sit down to play a Thursday night thinking I had some free time, but didn't realise I was sleep-deprived from my uh, post-sickness and work sort of combining. So I had two matches. I almost put my Master Chief controller through the wall, and I decided <laughs> I would stop. I would stop and said and just watch some Walking Dead and lie on the sofa. So that ended up becoming my Thursday. I've had a much better time since then. Not too much really else to say about it. Like it, it plays pretty well. I've had a little bit of janky lag occasionally, but as usual, I can never account for if that's infinite or me. Although I know Tom and a few others have mentioned the occasional weird laggy responses. It can get to really bad sometimes. Kind of yeah, interesting. All right, okay. I've actually I've had I've had games where the hit registration gets so bad because of lag that I've just left them. Because it will be at the point where you're like shooting at someone and then suddenly they're behind you and melee you in the back. And I'm like, but you you were just in front of me. Yeah, so that's happened the odd time, but mostly pretty good. I haven't done, have I done anything else Halo related? No, I think all I'm doing now is waiting patiently for the last season of The Expanse. That's That's next. Nice. And I think that might. I actually don't remember if that's out before Halo Infinite. That's really going to like tear me up. Will I play Halo Infinite or will I watch The Expanse? We all know the answer to that, Aaron. Come both. on. Both. <laughs> I, I, I could probably do both. Right, that's about it to switch over to Tom and see if he did anything more exciting. I did. So I played a lot of Infinite, obviously. Punched my desk a couple of times, which is always fun. <laughs> and then beyond that, I have bought some new Halo toys. So I got a Mega Constructs set of like UNSC Marines. It's called the UNSC Marine Platoon Pack. And then because that wasn't enough Marines, I also got a free pack of the 118th scale uh, UNSC Marines from Jazzwares as well. So bought a lot of toys and then bought some big boy toys as well. So... I got my Halo Infinite Limited Edition Xbox Series X, which is very exciting. Oh, yeah, very nice. I have almost punched it a couple of times in frustration, <laughs> and then I remember how much money it was, and I kind of like pull the fist back careful, into Tom, myself careful. instead. Yeah. <laughs> and I bought a 4K TV, so when the campaign comes out, I can experience it in its true glory. It's the, the podcast evolved paymasters that they're, they're hooking me up, you know? <laughs> Welcome to the future. Thank you. It it feels weird. It's scary. This is is this this is your first Series X, is it? Uh-huh. How are you finding the bump up? Oh my god, it's it's crazy how like even the graphical fidelity, so the telly I've got currently caps at 1080p, but even with that, it looks so much sharper. And, like, there's a lot of little sort of life features in this, or quality of life features that are really good. Like, Quick Resume is incredible. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And also, like, install speeds. I don't know if there's something they did there, but they seem a lot quicker. So I've been able to play games a lot faster than I used to, which is really awesome. And one thing I will say, actually, the thing that I really, really love with it is how much Xbox have kind of really committed to the Xbox sort of one slash series x family of consoles in the way that the ui feels so familiar but refined that it's really easy to know 
exactly what you want to do with the X straight away if you're coming onto it from an Xbox One. So I was really impressed with just how consistent the whole experience is and how it's like a serious upgrade, but also it it sort of doesn't have you confused as to how to do anything. It feels very sort of consistent with everything else that Xbox has done recently. I'm I'm in love, basically. Yeah, good stuff. I have done feck all. Uh, I've played a little bit of Halo, but not done a whole lot. I played with my brothers, which was kind of fun, and because they hadn't played Halo in a good while. But um, it's really funny seeing, like, even today, I got a message from one of my friends who I used to play Halo with, like, way back in the day, and he's just like, oh my god, Halo looks amazing. And I was like, man, I haven't talked to you in weeks. And I was like, Halo is bringing people out of the woodwork. It obviously took him a couple of weeks for that message to get out there to where to his world, so that's pretty cool, so... I'm convincing him and another friend to install it on his PC and we'll get some games in with them, which is pretty cool because I haven't played Halo with those guys in a long time uh, and they would have been like my original kind of crew. So that's kind of fun to do that kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward to that a lot and like I said, I have time off booked for Halo Infinite so I cannot wait. Not long now. Just get it done. Okay, so we got some monthly news. So as you can imagine, shit's been popping off. So I'm going to hand over to Aaron, who's going to read the lovely script put together by Oren. Yeah, we have a bit of stuff to cover. Some of it we have talked about before, so I won't focus too much on those bits and we will skip through. First thing we have here is Waypoint version next is available now. I think that came out a couple of weeks ago. So nice shiny new website, uh, nice shiny new phone app, iOS and Android. We have all of the usual content. Some things were limited off and removed. I think we warned most folks over the headlines over the past few weeks that you would lose the ability to do things like join the the Spartan... Uh, oh, what do they call that thing in Halo 5? Spartan squad? Spartan, Spartan Spartan company, that's it. Whoever's in the uh, evolved Spartan company is trapped there for life. You can't leave. Sorry. <laughs> Apart from that, not really much else to say on the Waypoint Next thing. Download the app, go have a play with it, see what you're doing. Next thing we got was the MCC in-game content for the 20th anniversary. We might talk about this for a little second because there were some nice things in it. So we have here that the new exchange refresh every Wednesday until January 5th. And then we got two new sets of armor included in this. So we got the Orion armor for Halo 2 Anniversary. And we also got the Mirage armor for Halo 3, which is basically the Mjolnir version of the SPI armor. Cool little things. Yeah, like if you were going to go for armor to include that from a lore point of view has been talked about for years and we've never seen, adding SPI into Halo is a pretty big deal. I'm going to ask you a lore question here. This is the armor that Ferret Team use, right? Oh, originally, maybe. the This is the Mjolnir version, so this is something that Master Chief could wear. So they've adapted it. Yes, the, the version that the ferrets were is not fully powered Mjolnir because I believe the ferrets said one stage no one's putting a gamma in the suit of Mjolnir ever. They basically could, but this is like an upgraded version of it that all of them could wear. But yes, any Spartan can wear SPI. Yeah, kind of like the way like there's an OD- ODST version. Like it's not ODST armor, but it's obviously Mjolnir styled. OD- you know, think of it like that. Yes, the SPI is the armor that Kurt wore when he died. 
there's there's no real big power enhancement in it, but it allows him to go invisible and run about. But it's very cool. I quite like the the Orion armor inspired armor looks quite nice. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the Orion's cool because it's got the shoulder mounted rocket launcher, hasn't it, or missile launcher that they said never made it into the um, original reveal, which was quite cool. Yeah, no, it all looks quite good. There's also a number of, they've got weapon skins, back attachments, there's a couple of funny rucksacks and stuff, uh, nameplates and things like that, so you can go and have a look. They've been out for a while now, but you can find them out there. We also got a cannon fodder related to the anniversary armor as well, so that gave us a little more detail on the SPI and Orion sets and where they come from, things like that. Go and have a look as well. No point diving into it here. We also got three videos for the UNSC archives. These were three videos giving us a little like back history on components of Master Chief's suit. There were three in total. I think that's all we're getting, is it? Did I see that mentioned that we're not getting any more of these? Yeah. The first one is Unspoken, the second one was Project Magnus, and the third one is Lightbringers. I think, personally, the first and second one were probably my favourite. I quite like the first one. The setup for the video is, it's a Marine recording a video to the family of a fallen teammate. He's taken some sort of covenant weapon to the throat and can't speak anymore, so he is signing to the computer, and the computer... It's reconstructing his voice. This one made me tear the hell up. It was so emotional. Yeah, like it's a really well done video. It's it's very good to watch. The Project Magnus one's very good as well. It's the development of the uh, the grapple shot. Quite a long, good video as well. Not so fussed on the Lightbringers one. Uh, We were talking about it before the show. Tom's quite into singing Halo. I just could have done with a little more, a little more going on in that same i i kind of like it from the standpoint that a lot of the time with halo you think of the heroic people in the franchise as the unsc and like the marines and the spartans so i thought it was cool that that kind of flips your focus essentially and it's like look these people were miners who went down there knowing that they were gonna die but they did it because it was for a good cause and it was gonna ultimately mean that the spartans could keep fighting i just think that like concept is really cool. Yeah, you're not wrong. Also, we just before the show started, they dropped two more trailers. Yeah. These are more live action esque trailers. First, we got Forever We Fight, which is a series of brave people fighting throughout history, which finishes on Master Chief fighting on Zeta. And then, as another sort of part to that, we get. Another video called Carry On, which is just Chief's fight. It's in that scene. The two of them, I think, kind of mush together a little bit. They do, yeah. Did I see Ian say that he cut them both together into one very long trailer? And may possibly be sticking it up on YouTube. Okay. But they're very cool. Uh, Give those a watch if you get a chance. The Carry On trailer is just like 30 seconds of fun, literally. Chief is kicking ass and flying through the air and smashing the fuck out of people. Plus, Forever We Fight shows us our first look at sort of the Halo universe's human history. Because obviously we've always assumed that it is, it mimics our history. 
but this confirms it because you get World War Two with a French soldier. I think it's a French soldier, although the armor looks Russian. It's it's cool because you kind of sit there and you go, "Is this Halo? Is it is it Battlefield? Is it Call of Duty? Oh my god, it's Halo!" And it was just a really cool way to like smush together the past, the modern day, and then the futuristic Halo universe. I think. Yeah, there's a few nice little touches in it. I like the test flight for the uh, slip space drive that you see as well. But go, yeah, give those a watch if you want. Um, nothing spoilery in them, so you'll be fine. Next up, we had designing the Halo esports ecosystem for November. Now, we are not going to dip too far into this because I will instead say that the ProTalk guys went into a lot of detail on this as that is really their territory. The basic gist that I took away from my brief glance of it was if you want more Halo Esports and you want better Halo Esports, more people got to play Halo Esports and more people got to watch Halo Esports. That would probably be the main takeaway. If you're not playing and wanting to compete, then watch, watch, watch. And get your friends to watch. But I can't play, Aaron, because I'm awful at the game. Then you can watch. Everyone can do their part. Service means citizenship, Tom. <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly scared right now what have I joined <laughs> this is why I stayed away for so long Aaron damn it no you're here now you're stuck we got the 20th anniversary for Halo on November 15th did anyone do anything exciting to celebrate the anniversary I watched the stream that was cool the stream was pretty good I have to say a nice little half hour stream and then at the end of it we got this thing called Halo Infinite, they released it. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it before. Didn't really pique my interest, so I didn't pay any attention to it. Oh, keep an eye out for the... They talked about a six-part documentary series they're going to do on, like, the history of Xbox, so that might be worth a watch. Yeah, that sounded awesome. Also, there is a... Just while I think about it, it's not strictly Halo-related. They put up... Uh, you may have got an email about it, but they have, like, an Xbox museum thing that you can sign into, and it basically has oh, yeah, your I history of Xbox out, on it. it sh- it's really cool. It shows up in your browser and asks you, do you want, like, a third person or first person? And then you get this little, like, silhouette avatar, and you get to move around the exhibit, and you can oh, see cool. other people also shuffling around and they look to be real people because they all have these erratic all over the place movements so you just get to like shuffle around the exhibit and look at the different parts of it but i don't want other people in my exhibit shocker my most played game turned out to be star trek online and not the division 2 (laughs) (laughs) because i was like oh yeah i've definitely played too much division 2 i was like no you played way more star trek you suck clearly you've not played enough of the big day uh, we, we'll get more when the next one comes out and when their update comes out. I'm not touching that bait with a pole. Let it go. I, I saw it coming. <laughs> right, so we got the Halo Infinite multiplayer beta, which launched on the 15th. The Season 1 Battle Pass is currently available. All of the Day 1 maps and modes are enabled. Uh, season 1 is now going until the May 2022. And Season 2 has been pushed back from March. Co-op campaign is still coming with Season 2, so we've got a longer wait, and Forge in Season 3. They did say that they're still aiming to have all seasons after that be three months, so Season 1 just got stretched a little bit in the meantime. Which So if you were thinking like it's going to be a year before we get uh, campaign co-op or anything, no, no. Every season won't be this long. Might be a year before Forge, though. 
It seems like it's going to be next autumn, maybe before we get it. Yeah. It'll be Halloween or after Halloween time, more than likely. Oh, that'd be cool for infection modes, maybe. Hopefully we get there eventually. Yeah. So we got uh, details about the Season 1 event calendar, Season 2 preview, Campion Co-op, uh, Forge release plans. I said you can go and have a look through all that. But those are the important things to remember. May 2022 before Season 2. Uh, there was also Infinite Challenge updates as well because it's not been the smoothest so far when it comes to the challenges in Halo Infinite. Would that be the nice way to put it? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. People have opinions. Yes, it's a touch grindy, and there have been a few modifications made. What 343 have done so far is they have now added a daily challenge which gives you 50 XP every match you play, resets indefinitely, so you can get a minimum of 50 every time, even if you don't complete another challenge. Also, I believe Oren mentioned that uh, some people have run the numbers on that and compared to the other previous daily challenges, you've got to play 27 matches before it becomes more profitable. Oh my god. Than than the old way, so that may need tweaked again. Genuinely, who has time to play 27 matches in a row? Absolutely not me. Yeah, definitely not me. I have the tolerance for about three at best depends if i have a few people on and i can fuck about in big team i could play for a while <laughs> yeah 27 i don't think so no not 27 they extended the time that the xp boost lasts so now instead of 30 minutes per xp boost it runs for an hour which is better because you could in theory drop an xp boost play a long game of big team, not get any challenges, and go into the next game and have your XP boost run out before you get the challenges. Yeah, Orin explained this to me last time. I still personally would like them to change the XP boost to be a set number of challenges instead. I think if it lasted for, you know, your next three challenges are just automatically doubled or whatever. Yeah, because I guess then you'd include the daily challenge, wouldn't you? So it's not as if somebody could avoid doing their challenges to stretch it out i don't know i i would hate to just use my boost and get three boosted daily 50 xps that would anger me as well (laughs) bug challenges have now been replaced or fixed there were a few of those and everyone who logged in by november 22nd should have received the gold visor for week one i need to check if i got that actually i don't think it unlocked for me I'm not sure if it did either, but I'll have to have another check and see. We got a teaser trailer for the Halo TV series. Yeah. It was a very teaser teaser trailer. Man puts helmet on. Yes, man <laughs> puts helmet on, blue lady says hello to man. That was that was it. But we did get some more information, so it will be streaming in 2022 exclusively on Paramount+, Plus, which will be fun for the likes of me and David, who are currently sitting with no access to Paramount+. Plus. Actually, you as well, Tom. <laughs> I was going to say, don't disinclude me. <laughs> no idea when it's coming, because they've currently pulled Star Trek Discovery off Netflix and limited to Paramount+, Plus, which means I can't watch it legally. It may be Sea of Thieves time for me when it comes to TV show. 
it may be the pirate's life for me in the future, depending on what happens. <laughs> I would like to support them, but if they're going to do this, I can't help them. There is also a full-length trailer coming to the Game Awards on December 9th, so that'll be a little treat after we get Halo Infinite. That I'm excited for. It's weird because it's not a full trailer, but screenshots from a trailer leaked ages ago, so I was expecting that to be what would be at the 20th anniversary, but clearly that will be what's coming out on December the 9th instead. My guess is maybe the Game Awards twisted their arm or bribed them with cash or something to drop it there because it's got to be like a slightly thin year for exclusives for the Game Awards to reveal because people are still like so far behind on things. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, so we will have that to look forward to. I'm sure we will chat about it whenever it comes out. What have we got next? Yes, there was a blog on Waypoint for Halo developers sharing their thoughts on 20 years of Halo. It was a whole big 20th anniversary post. There was a lot of stuff in it, but as you scrolled on down, you got to reflections from various members of staff. Go and have a read if you want. We're not going to dissect it here and talk through it because that will make for very boring podcasting. (laughs) Do go and have a read. It will be linked in the show notes when you're listening to this episode. Next up, we have the HCS 2021-22 season reveal. Again, go and listen to the HCS Pro Talk guys. They will go through a full breakdown of this. Uh, actually, look there, Horan has it here. Go listen to episode 210 for their full impressions. And you can also listen to episode 209 for their impressions and thoughts on the multiplayer. That's the last episode. I may have listened to 210 already, but I did listen to 209 because they were talking about infinite while playing infinite. <laughs> it's the best way of doing it. We should be doing that now, really. The, with the rage, Tom? With the rage? I don't know. <laughs> I'd just be like, why am I doing this bloody podcast anyway? <laughs> Hello, shit. <laughs> I'm going back to dinosaurs. I'm not even joking. There was a brief time on Thursday night where if anyone from 343 had have asked me what I thought of Halo, I would have told them it's the worst franchise imaginable and I quit. I was so angry. You can imagine that's the one time they contact us like, oh, hey, we've got this exclusive for you. And you're just like, I'm done with you. Leave me alone. (laughs) Shove it. I've lost my second game of big team. No one's playing the objective. Go away and leave me alone. (laughs) Strong relate on that pain. Like being an angry teenager all over again. More positive Halo news. As of November 19th, Halo Infinite has gone gold. Yeah! I don't know what that actually means in modern day games because they just keep working on it and plenty of games that went gold came out like not working, so... I mean, Cyberpunk went gold. I will download it soon and then I will patch it again before the 8th. Speaking of the 8th, Halo Infinite goes live on December 8th at 10am PST, 1pm EST and 6pm GMT. That 6pm is painful. There is a graphic out there that basically shows, you know, every time zone and or most of the major time zones and when it launches. So if you're not in one of the time zones mentioned there, you can go and have a little look. But whatever your time is for 10am Pacific on December 8th, that's when you're going to get it. This next one we might talk about for a minute. Uh, Did you guys watch any of this? This is IGN's first campaign breakdown. Did either of you pay any attention to it? 
Yeah, I think I broke this down for our or on the last day. I wasn't sure how much you guys were avoiding for like spoiler reasons. Well, the IJM one was pretty good. And so it was it was it was fine. I feel like all of the information I'm reading in the script is stuff I already knew. But they, didn't they do too? Because they did one that was like the first mission as well, didn't they? And I think I completely avoided that one. I just watched like the overview that had the lady doing the commentary. So if that's this one, then that's the one I watched. This is the one that Miranda did? Yeah, yeah. It was Miranda's I watched. Miranda Sanchez over at IGN, she went through this. I think she might be reviewing... No, I don't think she's reviewing the campaign, but she did the breakdown. I think Ryan McCaffrey's doing the campaign and one of the other... Yeah, there's no way Ryan would let anyone else do that. (laughs) I think one of the other Unlocked hosts reviewed the multiplayer because I believe they scored it already. They gave it like a 9 out of 10. Yeah, they did. It got a really good score. Yes, there were were a couple of other previews that went out. One of them was from... Was it Game Informer? No, it was... Game Informer did some really cool stuff. But one of them had a few spoilers in it, which I avoided. That was Game Informer, I think, because I didn't go near Game Informer's content. However, they do have 117 questions with Joseph Staten, which was really cool because it didn't go too in-depth into the story. It was just asking quite around it. Um, and then they also did an hour-long podcast with him as well. Actually, no, that was that was IGN. Oh, he's on Unfiltered, is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't listened to that yet, but they're generally good shows. Yeah, that would be worth a listen to. Joe's just such a cool guy. I didn't even know he's a pilot. <laughs> yeah, he is, yeah, yeah. Joseph Staten seems like the sort of man that can't stop in life and must be always doing things, no matter what, at all times. I'm going to go through these notes, shout out at any point if you want to mention anything in particular. So Miranda said that most of our concerns about Master Chief's long-awaited spiritual reboot melted away with a four-hour hands-on demo. Uh, She said that the Chief seems tired, sad even. He's a man of few words, but his movements and cutscenes and responses to those who need him are heavier than I've ever seen before. Clearly Palmer calling him short really got to him. That's true. He's a broken man. Not the same. I like that idea. I You sort of see it a little bit in some of the cutscenes, but I just like the idea of Chief being like sort of slightly tired of the ongoing fight and a little bit too old for this shit. Well, it's all he's been doing, isn't it, since he was a kid? That's very true. Uh, this next one, let's see. That all being said, I don't imagine Halo Infinite is going to be a great starting point for people of or people new to the franchise, even if there's some sort of catch-up video so far, the best moments I saw in Halo Infinite's first few hours rely on prior knowledge of the series. I'm so okay with this. Yeah, me too. I think when you're coming to, like, the... How many mainline... How many installments of games or What is this? Like, the ninth campaign game, really? If you're going, like, including ODST in that? At, at some stage, I think you have to accept that you're going to, like, be missing some backstory it'd be like me diving in now and playing a metal gear near the end of the franchise i mean like what the fuck is any of this <laughs> mcc exists for a reason right yeah like as long as they avoid the pitfall of halo 4 even people that played the games but didn't read the books didn't quite know what was going on and that was maybe a little bit too far so they need to like balance it a little bit but from everything people have said so far and mentioned about like the 
the information in the game and the audio logs and stuff like that, it seems like they're doing a good enough job to inform you about what's going on. Also mentioned that I think we've covered this multiple times, cleared enemy bases turn into fast travel points. They have the Valor system that allows you to unlock more powerful vehicles as the game progresses and weapons. I didn't know about this. Oh yes, there's a scanner tool. Seems very similar to the Halo 5 Argus. Same sort of thing. You pulse an area and it highlights all the points of interest in the area. So that's in multiplayer currently, isn't it? But I'm assuming that would like... I'm assuming that's what it is, yeah. Like terminals and things so you know where to go and find them. Basically, the way you think of it is when you pulse an area, anything that you can use will be highlighted sort of like almost in white like a silhouette so if you see weapons you'll see them sort of highlighted through walls and stuff and then it will also mark off points of interest like audio logs and things like that so you can pulse an area and see if you discover anything new there let's see what have we got next in addition to the unsc audio logs you will also find audio logs for the banished and other inhabitants of the ring they don't mention what those are but i'm going to take a stab at it and say forerunnery related audio logs that will be my guess. Well, there's also spoilers for the latest book of like other. So, oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of something else. Nope, doesn't matter. Ignore me. <laughs> I know what you were thinking. Yeah. 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 The only other one I'm going to say is maybe Forerunner trilogy esque spoilers of like stuff that went on with ancient humanity on that ring, which would be cool. That would be cool. I, I did want to jump in here and say, without spoiling it for you guys, because I know you've not seen it, the Joe Staten questions, he was asked about a specific character from Halo 5, and the response that he gave was, oh, their story might be continued in the audio logs. So I am a little bit worried that they might be using these to explain away some of the characters that don't reappear in Infinite. So I'm hoping that's not the case, but just the fact that his answer went straight to the audio logs rather than the campaign worried me a little bit. So I'm interested to see that. It could be a thing. We'll have to wait and see. I'd imagine they can only do so much at a time, but as long as they're good. Like if we are ODST levels of good audio logs, I am here for it. Let's see. Each of the five equipment options can be upgraded. I think we've all talked about that already. Uh, you can get various things like the thruster can have a second thrust. Um, you can also have the option to like thrust into camo. And the grapple shot has like a taser function on it. That's cool. It, uh, I want to know what upgrades you can get for the repulsor. That would be interesting. Like what if you can launch people really fucking far? Oh, I wonder if you can upgrade it so you can repulse tanks and things. They talked about the boss fights, how the enemies function. They're going to have their own distinct little arenas. They'll have health bars, shields, minions as well. I believe they've also mentioned they'll have their own unique variants of weapons. So you'll you'll get stuff off them. That's specific to the high value targets. So I don't know if every boss will drop them or if it's just ones that are flagged as high value targets. I want to say that Ian and Halo Cannon mentioned it was everyone except for the first boss fight that they mentioned because it's more of like a more of an educational tutorial. Yeah, so he he seemed to think it was all of them. Okay, cool. And then the the last bit for IGN here, which really helped a lot of people, was they described it as 
Halo Infinite's open world is more akin to Arkham, the Arkham games than it is to say an open world game like Valhalla. If that's how you think about it, that'll help you sort of get how the world's going to work into your head. The next thing we have here in the show notes is the Halo Infinite Fracture Tenrai event. We have a little Fractures lore about the Tenrai event. It says here that Fractures are divergent Halo universes or timelines, but for the most part they all orbit the same themes. Each particular Fracture can share a variety of elements in common with core canon, but recast in a different light or interpreted in a new way. We've had this already with the Master Chief Collection armors, which come from various alternate reality Earths where things like Dark Ages humanity are at war with the Flood, humanity have joined the Covenant, things like that. So I like the idea of sort of Halo What If. So the Tenrai lore specifically is, Embroiled in bitter clan wars for generations, the warlords of the Tenrai fracture now stand united against the invading Covenant barbarians. Forced into an alliance against the Relentless Covenant and their colossal glass dragons, the 343 clans of the Imperial Court have shared once secret knowledge to create new armour and weapons forged by mortal hands but blessed with divine force. It is through these new tools of war, unimpeachable honour and, and peerless skill in the clan, that the clans will fight and win against the invaders and reclaim the seven provinces lost to their depredations. God damn it, they put 343 and 7 in there. I was going to say they got all the all the magical numbers in. It's it's cool, like it just paints a nice little sort of what-if picture. Can I pitch a Fracture event to you guys right now? Ooh. Halo Fracture. Aliens. That would be dope. Bring the pulse rifle into Halo, baby. You can absolutely do all this shit because like they've been doing a lot of this in Gears of War. Like you have the Terminator, you have Sarah, you have Sarah Connor in Gears, which is, you have the Terminator in Gears, you can just play as the Terminator. (laughs) That's cool. I would love to see stuff like that, like the, there's all those obvious things you think of, like everyone said already, Doom, the Doom Marines just crying out to be Halo armor. Star Wars seems obvious, yeah, let's just have some Stormtrooper armor, we'll go mad. (laughs) <laughs> Clone Trooper. Clone Trooper, thank you very much, Aaron. Anything you can think of where there's a suit of armour and some fighting involved, like Predator? Robocop. Robocop. You know, you could you could have any of these things in theory, like you can you can bring them into the universe and figure it out somehow. I'd love to see where these go going forward. Right, and we gotta get into some of the nitty-gritty about this event. The event is available in one-week intervals for a total of six weeks during Season 1. We have dates for them, but it's basically once a month until May. So we have the current event, and the next one will be available January 4th. The other dates are available in the blog. You can go and have a look at them all. The reward track has 30 tiers and is free. So you can progress your way through them and unlock all 30 pieces. As it says here, you unlock the URI armor core, armor pieces for the core and vanity rewards. Lots of leveling up tokens. Yes, I did notice that as well. You level them up by completing tiers in event challenges and you do those in the Fiesta playlist event, which actually for the most part has been pretty good. 
Apart from the fact they keep insisting sticking wraiths and scorpions in tiny maps, they have no business there. <laughs> it's awful. Event challenges are mixed within the player's weekly challenge pool, and I'm not entirely fussed on that. Boo. It's slowing things down just a little bit. Only seven event challenges can be completed each week, which means you need five weeks minimum to work your way through all of them. Oh, that's stressful. Yeah, that's another gated progress. That has a few people upset. We'll talk about it now in a minute and see if the the chat has anything to say on it. There are a total of 42 event challenges available. A player can miss 12 across all the active weeks and still earn all 30 rewards. That is the gist of everything to do with the Fracture event. Now, people have thoughts. A lot of the community aren't super duper happy. Having looked at it today with Tom, I don't necessarily blame them because I think, like, I get it. It's over six weeks. It's designed to take a while to complete, but it feels very slow. I think... The issue is, and a lot of people have been saying this, is it feels like it's trying to force the player count, and it feels like it's trying to force people to have to play. And I think if you force somebody to play a game rather than making them want to play it because the content's good and they want to keep coming back, then you begin to build a community that's not very happy with the game, and in the long term that's not healthy for it. So I think the content we've got now is good, and I'm having a lot of fun with it still, but the danger is when that honeymoon period wears off, if the only reason people are coming back is to constantly grind away at this, then you're going to lose a lot of the player base, and the players who are left will just not be happy with the game. I get that because this is a free-to-play model, they do need to gate it to some extent, but I think that the challenges need to feel more rewarding. Because ultimately, if a player feels rewarded, they're going to come back and play it regardless of whether they've got something to unlock or not, right? I I definitely see the criticisms for what they are, and I think it's something that's going to need constant tweaking until it's just right. I think it's going to need a few adjustments, um... I've only completed two of the challenges so far for this. I haven't been terribly panicked this week about getting too far into anything. If I don't get the re- the weekly reward, it'll not be the end of the world. I do think it is a little irritating that these challenges are mixed in between the other things because I don't necessarily have the time to put into clearing that weekly challenge list out to try and get all of these done. Might have been nice if they had their own like dedicated space at the bottom. I know people might have burned through them all, but like if you're gonna say that you only allow seven challenges to com- be completed each each week, then let me just work my playtime into doing those seven challenges. So I think the thing is, is you you can unlock XP for both battle passes at the same time, so you can get stuff for your core battle pass and the challenge pass simultaneously um, without having to choose them. It just depends on what game mode you're playing, and that's the thing, right, is the the events are so specifically tailored to certain modes um, that it really does kind of restrict how you have to play the game if you want to get those events, whereas if you were just, say earning them across all of the different modes, like the core battle pass, then it wouldn't be as restrictive, I think. I don't know. It just would have been nice if it had a tab, 
like the dailies, you know, if it was dailies and then it was URI and then it was the other four, at least you could focus on it. Like you said, you've got to work. I've got to play a couple of games of Fiesta to get that challenge. Then I've maybe got to go and do a couple of games of Bot Bootcamp to clear out some regular challenges. Then if I'm lucky, I get another thing that I can do in Fiesta. And then I've maybe got to go and play some big team or something. It's just constantly moving you into it. And then you've got things like you're trying to complete particular game modes and maybe they're not coming up. You had one you were particularly frustrated by where you were trying to complete or you were trying to win a game of big team and it just wasn't happening. Whereas if I only have a limited amount of time to play and I've got to play five or six big team games or something to clear out other challenges, then I don't have time to play Fiesta. So I think that's kind of, that's my major criticism with it. If I could, like if I could have played today and just played Fiesta flat out, even if I only got four of my daily challenge, my event challenges, so be it. But let me focus on them, even if it's just one at a time. I think there's some interesting stuff going on behind the scenes with this system as well. Because I noticed that when I had specific game modes I needed to play, they wouldn't come up as frequently. And when I was doing Fiesta, it felt like the one weapon I needed to get kills with to complete one of my challenges, I wasn't getting as much as I normally do. Now, it might be that that it just felt like that because I was getting frustrated with the game. But I was sat there like, I wonder if there's any kind of back-end mechanism at sort of elongating the amount of time I'm spending on the game by doing small things like that. It wouldn't necessarily surprise me because I'm sure, although it can be the psychological thing of it's that thing where the minute you want one specific map to play, it never appears. It's very easy to just fall into that. I need to play a game of big, whatever it is, big team slayer. And then suddenly everything you're playing is territories or whatever. I'm curious to see what tweaks they make to it, but I'll not panic too much for now, but we will see what happens. Right, we have a little bit of community criticism here that Oren has listed as well. So like we said, the max of seven challenges per week means that to hit tier 30, you've got to play for five weeks. Um, event challenges are mixed into the weekly challenges yet same armor uh, some armor pieces advertised with the event are locked behind the real money store that one's a little bit of a it's awful what what is this is it some of the accessories is it i think it's worse than that i think it's the helmet that's used on the key art which is really bad when you think of that's the art that's being used for all of this event hang on so that's specifically you can't get I'm fairly certain. Oh, that's that's particularly not good. I might be wrong. Oren says here you've got uh, re-earn armor coding for the URI armor core. Yeah, so I know what this is as well. The, the armor coatings don't transition across your different cores. So say, for example, you've got a metallic green uh, coating for the um, Mark 7 core you won't have the same thing on the Mark V core or the URI armor core. You have to re-earn it across every different core that you want to use it on. Jesus Christ, I have no idea what's going on with this game. <laughs> David, I can tell that you're just so mentally detached from this right now and how frustrating it is. <laughs> there are a few things where I do think that someone in 343 didn't stop to think about how real people play games. Just occasionally... I look at these things and go like, did, did, do you play many real games or do you just like think this is how we play them? 
The last one, unlock weapon coatings individually per weapon. So same thing again. Yeah, so th- this is the problem where, say for example in the beta, if you bought the red weapon set, you'd have that red coating across every single weapon. This will just be like a coating for an assault rifle, a coating for a sidekick, as opposed to being universal for all of them. So we're nearly back to the Halo 5 thing of you have skins for each of your weapons instead of Destiny, where you have a shader that you unlock for everything? Yeah, essentially. It's, it's, kind, it's weird because it's kind of a hybrid of the Call of Duty model in many ways, but I feel like there's some things that Call of Duty does a little bit better when it comes to the value for money. So it's really interesting seeing how it's playing out at the moment. I hope they get a little bit more time to work on these and figure out what they're up to because that's not doing good things for me at the minute. So there's one thing that really shocked me when I learned it that doesn't work the same as Warzone on Call of Duty. On Warzone, if you're playing long enough and you're putting the hours in to complete the season pass, you will earn enough points to buy the next season pass. Whereas with this, there's currently no way to earn currency. So you will have to buy the battle pass every time. Even if you buy it the first time and complete it, you won't then be able to unlock the next one because you've done that. Yeah, we were wondering about that before. Would there be a way to earn the currency? But I don't play it and my niece is not here to ask. In Fortnite, can you earn the battle pass through in-game play? I think so, yeah. I think you earn V-Bucks. No, wait, that's Roblox. It's not V-Bucks. It's whatever the currency is in Fortnite. It is V-Bucks, yeah. There we go. I'm still down with the kids, guys. I'm still relevant. You're either down with the kids or you're old enough to be paying for their V-Bucks. Those are the only two ways you know what V-Bucks are. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that is sort of all our news. Um, Little up, little down. I think some teething problems when it comes to challenges and unlocks and things and infinite hopefully we get a little more of that and we get it ironed out going forward they've got plenty of time they've got until the end of the season to like figure it out fingers crossed they get there all right next thing up we've got is some community stuff so I will be editing this bit out and fixing it, but if everyone wants to go and pull up their voicemails, we're going to listen to some voicemails. Hey guys, this is Taylor. Just wanted to call you and let you know. I want to hear more about the imperfections that made Halo great, like super jumping, the glitching parties, all the stuff in the past that just really made Halo so much fun to play. I mean, there's other aspects to it, but I want to hear about all the things, the imperfections in the game that we utilized as fun, exciting times, man. They were so good, custom games and stuff like that. But yeah, Halo 1, 2, and 3, I mean, they were known for that, and then they started to, to kind of disappear in 4 and 5, but yeah, let's hear about that. Okay, thank you, Taylor, for your voicemail. So, guys, what do we think? Glitches and things in Halo. The first thing that comes to my mind is like grenade jumping, but I don't like it. And I suck at it. Do you know what I mean? That's one of the things that I've never really grasped that well. My timing is terrible. I never quite know where I'm supposed to go. I don't know. I'm really bad at it. I think th- those kind of things are cool, though. Like, when you see, like, the original kind of Warhog jumping videos, those are just so much fun. They're just so cool that people figure this stuff out. And messing around with the physics and stuff. 
I've, uh, you literally just perfectly summarised what I was about to say there, David, which is messing around with the physics. Like, Halo's physics engine is so unique. So seeing some of the wacky stuff people have done with, like, um, I think there was something I saw with a trash can at one point where somebody was, like, using it to traverse a map. Seeing all of that kind of stuff is what always makes it really funny for me. And I bet that there will be more stuff like that when we get access to more tools like Forge. Because the second you give the Halo community a tool like Forge, you know that shit is going to go down. (laughs) I was actually thinking there, I was trying to think if I've used any of these glitches, and I was thinking, I've done stuff in campaign, because I know me and David were trying to get, uh, we were trying to get one of the skulls in Combat Evolved. I think it was you I was playing with, David, where we were playing in co-op, and we ended up actually using the method where one person kept killing themselves, and you would edge closer to the window, and eventually the second player would respawn on top of your head and could jump up over and get it. I've done things like that. In Halo Reach, when I used to do the weekly challenges, there was one in where you had to complete a tip of the spear in the fastest times. You had to get the forklift and drive it at the anti-air gun. You had to park it up alongside the double doors. And when you would exit out of it in just the right spot, you would like spawn through the doors and you could complete that the last section. That still works today. Because me and my friend did that the other day. So th- things like that I was thinking of. And actually when Taylor was saying that they don't appear to have any weird glitches in Infinite, the one that immediately came to mind while it, While it doesn't do anything, have you seen the videos of the tiny warthog? Yeah. (laughs) The the warthog, you know the way there's like a hologram of the warthog at like the spawn pad? Occasionally the warthog spawns in that size. So I watch these guys, this guy runs along and he goes like, hey, can you hear his party chat? And he's like, can anyone else see this? And like, what? I was like, tiny warthog, get in the tiny warthog. And then the three of them jump into the tiny warthog and drive off. And the Spartans, do they shrink as well? Or what way does it work? No, the Spartans look to be like almost the right size. So it's kind of this weird sort of proportion thing of these big Spartans and this little go-kart looking thing. Like we said, yeah, I imagine people are going to figure out more glitches when they get a bit of time to spend with the full game. Forge people will absolutely break it and figure out more stuff. But I also guess that a lot of discoveries will be made once you've got a bit of time to fuck about with the campaign. Like, you will discover more things when they learn how to break it. So, and also, now that it's available on PC, I expect the PC and the speedrunner people to, like, comb through the game code and figure out more sh- more shit as we go. Definitely, that's true. The pesky bird in our live chat shouted out something that I've seen quite a bit as well, which is the chopper being absolutely hilarious when it gets shocked. Um, I was watching... I think it was Mythbusters I was watching earlier, Volume 2, on this game. And they were just shocking the chopper right next to a gravity uh, man cannon. And then when the chopper like got nudged forward into the man cannon, it would just fly away into space. So yeah, I expect more stuff like that. So I imagine next year sometime we're going to start to see some wacky stuff and cool videos and now like almost everyone has the ability to record fit gameplay so you can record some on your xbox so we should see more of it okay we're gonna go to our second voicemail hey evolve crew it's bartlett came from the discord it's about eight nineteen in the morning and i'm just feeding my dog and 
I had a question about Halo Wars 2. Did the Banish only really bring one capital ship there? Did they only bring one ship to protect the Ark? Seems kind of like a bigger deal, like they need more than just the one. But as far as I can remember, it seems from the cutscenes, there's really only one ship they have there. How's the Banish is supposed to be this massive force that, uh, this is a big threat to the Covenant, but they only have one ship protecting the Ark. So, um, yeah, thanks. The Vault. Okay, thank you, Bartlett King, for your question. So, guys, thoughts on the Banished only bringing one ship to the Ark? Well, I'm pretty sure in the Aatrox comics, this is their only ship of that size. And they made a big deal about getting it, about, like, having... Um, Vephalor, I think his name is the Sanghili shipmaster, like winning him to his side. So I'm pretty sure their their only supercarrier was that ship. And they have other ships, but that's the only one of that size. I was working on the theory that I I could be wrong on this, but I want to say that it's probably one of the few Covenant ships capable of making the journey because like it's going to be a big strain on the engines. You're going to need a big powerful ship. You're not going to take a small ship to get there. And that, like you said, that was their only supercarrier. So you take that and you go there to the Ark with it. Although I am a little bit surprised that they don't have more smaller ships with it because I thought the supercarriers could carry other ships. But then again, I suppose that kind of makes it a bit unfair for the uh, for the Spirit of Fire. R.I.P. the Enduring Conviction, right? So I I have a interesting take on this that I think explains it. I think it's like an expeditionary force. So obviously Atriox leaves the rest of the banished under the command of Esherim. And this is just like an expeditionary force to go and see what's going on on the Ark, what kind of state it's in after the incident that happened there at the end of the Human Covenant War, and to see what they can kind of extract from it and then i would imagine once he's established a foothold and sort of realized that they can take control of the arc he would then call back and get more forces to come through to it because if you think about it the last thing he knows about it is that it got partially destroyed at the end of the human covenant war um and he's probably he might be aware that the portal envoy has shut down and if he is aware of that then he's just going to be expecting a few UNSC stragglers and that's it I doubt he's expecting the spirit of fire um so he's kind of just gone there like oh we're gonna go investigate it see what's going on and then he gets ambushed by this 30 year old ship that he's not expecting to appear that's certainly part of it I'd say as well yeah yeah that's basically my best theory is that's the the only big ship he has the same way that humanity now would send the infinity it, it's the biggest ship, it's the one they've got to do the job. But uh, also there's definitely a little bit of plot armour in there that if they had too many ships, the Spirit of Fire wouldn't last uh, five minutes. I mean, she barely lost as it was, to be fair. <laughs> yes, so it's probably a little bit of convenience. But yeah, I think you just have to take that a little bit of, yes, they only had this one big ship, and that's the one that Atriox could put sort of to the mission. So he did. Uh, guys, thank you for your voicemails. Uh, we'll call out the number at the end of the show, but just a heads up, if you do leave us a voicemail between now and the end of January, it will only get read at the live show at the 
end of January because there is no live show in December because the last show we record is the 2021 year in review which is going to be my second year in review show where we just talk about COVID which I didn't expect. Nah, we won't talk about it. We won't talk about it. We are going to dive now into the Evolve Digest. Tom is going to take us through all of our Evolve news. Yeah, so it's been a very, very busy time for us, I think, as we are approaching Infinite's release. I think it's fair to say that a lot of us are kind of in that last slog now where we're looking forward to a little bit of time off to enjoy the game when it releases. We've been working hard over on the YouTube channel, so Podcast Evolve's YouTube channel has now reached 5,000 subscribers. So thank you to everyone who has subscribed over there. That's been a really, really huge glow up in a short amount of time, actually, to be at 5k already. So that's really, really awesome. Then Evolved, the road uh, to Infinite where we were covering lore topics that we think will be relevant in Halo Infinite. We just released our last episode, which was the Halo Infinite preview. Um, And this episode is actually going to conclude the lore series. So for anyone who isn't aware, because you've been living under a rock, Halo Infinite is in our hands now, or at least the multiplayer is. Um, So the road has been completed and we are finally here. The road is dead. Long live the road. (laughs) the character dossier which has been looking at the lives and accomplishments of the loved and not so loved halo characters our last episode was on spartan john 117 the master chief and this episode also concluded this particular lore series so a really fun way to fill in your knowledge on the characters of the games ahead of halo infinite and now we're looking ahead to the new characters that will be introduced in the game Mission Debrief, which is a deep dive into every Halo games campaign, mission by mission, has just decided the best Halo mission of all time as a part of their 20 for 20 series. And this was based on votes from all the listeners, and you can go and check it out over on YouTube. David, how was that? Because you were involved in that, weren't you? Uh, I was. It was pretty fun. Uh, It was weird. It was, you know, YouTube, we... I tend to not do a lot of YouTube, and we hadn't done, like, video in a very long period of time. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, big shout-out to Matt, who did, like, all the kind of editing and put all that kind of stuff together, and, you know, Chris and managed all the recordings. I was pretty much just sitting at, and, you know, calling all the scripts. I just pretty much sat there and let it happen around me, so that was pretty cool. And that was fun. It was fun to do. Yeah, it's cool. Halo has a lot of maps. Has a lot of good missions. Cool, there you go. And if you've been enjoying Mission Debrief and you are looking for more of it, then Mission Debrief for Halo Infinite will officially launch in 2022. Halo Book Club are thorough discussions on the extended lore media. Our last book club was Halo Divine Wind. And our next book club is going to be Halo Uprising. Builds with blocks, centred around the micro-action figures and brick-based construction sets of the Halo universe. Our latest episode was the best Halo 5 sets. Our latest video was a Mega Constructs uh, destroyed forward operating base mock that I put together based on a few words that Grim Brother 1 himself said about the forward operating bases. Uh, We have also had another review that doesn't necessarily sit under the Mega Constructs banner, um, but it was a closer look at the Halo Infinite Xbox Elite wireless controller. And Aaron, that was presented by you. So how did you find doing your first review? 
stressful. That's I'm I don't do video. Colin Colin Peer pressured me into video. Everyone said it was very good. I don't know. I haven't gone back to look at it. I haven't read the comments under it. It is really good. It is quite good. I, I quite You yeah. did a really good job, yeah. Uh, shout out to Colin. He recorded all of the images, so I only had to focus on the audio part. I actually I listened to that review late at night because it's so soothing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and our next video episode on that, I don't want to fully confirm it, but we have got some guests from the Halo collecting community. So it's a really fun episode. Just done the first edit for that. Got to go back and make some tweaks. And then hopefully that episode will be revealed and will be released very, very soon. Uh, guest interviews where we interview the influential employees, authors and content creators behind the Halo franchise and its community. We don't have any more interviews planned for 2021, but we are hopeful to have plenty more to come in 2022. HCS Pro Talk. Josh and Will discuss the latest information within the competitive Halo scene with an emphasis on the community every week. Their next map legends are going to be Haven and The Rig. Um, And last month in the Halo Championship Series. And I believe we actually have a clip to roll here, which I wasn't prepared for, but we're going to go with it and we're going to let you guys listen to it. Hello, Podcast Evolved audience, and welcome to Inside HCS, your monthly recap of all things Halo Esports, presented by us, none other than HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo Esports podcast. For this segment, we'll be recapping the HCS news and competition from the month of November. So let's get right into it. But Will, before we get into the November recap, let's begin with a little introduction into what exactly is the HCS. The HCS, or Halo Championship Series, is the umbrella in which all Halo competition lives under. The very first Halo Infinite LAN event is scheduled to take place in Raleigh, North Carolina from December 17th through the 19th. While we await the release of Infinite on December 8th, the community continues to hold amazing tournaments and events that we have the pleasure of talking about on our show. Ever since January of 2021, the HCS team has been providing monthly blogs that go in-depth on the specific aspects of the Halo eSports ecosystem. For, for more information on every installment of the blog series thus far, please check out halowaypoint.com esports. For all major announcements from the HCS team over at 343 Industries, please make sure to follow their Twitter account at HCS and their new official YouTube channel by searching for Halo eSports on YouTube. Josh, November was just supposed to be an easygoing month while well, we all got excited for the launch of Infinite on December 8th. But then 343 decided it was time for something pretty damn massive. What happened during the Xbox and Halo anniversary stream? Well, 343 Shadow dropped the Halo Infinite multiplayer with all launch maps, modes, and battle pass content for better or worse. We haven't been able to take ourselves away from the sticks, and for all of our multiplayer impressions thus far, please make sure to check out both our episodes 210 and 211 one of which is our longest episode we've ever done, clocking in at four hours. So the HCS team promised, and they actually delivered, a complete competitive event roadmap an entire year in advance. There will be events taking place all over the world with a combination of online and in-person festivities. For a complete breakdown for newcomers to the scene, our friends over at Noob Combo put together an easy-to-digest write-up of how the entire first year is going to work. Please check out noobcombo.com for all the information and plenty more within the competitive Halo scene. 
As mentioned earlier, HCS Raleigh is going to be the first Infinite LAN in-person event, and the team passes had officially sold out in less than 30 minutes from the moment they went on sale. That means that there will be 272 teams competing in person in the event everyone attends who purchased passes. This also means it would be the largest LAN event in Halo Esports history. Will, that's all the competitive news highlights that have happened over the course of November. Ever since the shadow dropping of the multiplayer, the community has been nonstop pumping out incredible tournaments for the community to feast upon. What did the community indulge in over the last month? We'll start with the Twitch Rivals Halo 3 throwback. Before the release of Infinite's multiplayer, the Twitch Rivals crew, with the assistance of Ninja, put on a wonderful sequel to the previous Halo Twitch Rivals event, this time with Halo 3 in the spotlight. Ninja continued to bring the hype with an additional hundred grand added to the already amazing $50,000 prize pool, and the players did not disappoint either. Professional Halo players, both veteran and new alike, came together with the classic MLG roster names that the old heads have come to know and love throughout the years. But it wasn't just the old guard who won the event. Status quo, with the roster of veterans Ace, Flamesword, Chig, and the newcomer Tylenol, proved that Halo 3 still allows for new talent to win it all. Here's hoping we get an infinite Twitch Rivals event in the near future. Next up, one part contest, one part tournament, all parts mayhem, the Forge Hub and Podtacular Halo 5 Fiesta Frenzy Tournament. This event started months ago as a Forge Hub contest to see which community-created maps would make their way into this Fiesta-style tournament. With the maps and winners chosen, the teams created, and then the bracket established, the second phase of the event takes place. The team of Skull Spartans assert their Fiesta dominance and take home the tournament win. And then leave it to Louis V. Titans crew to establish and run a top-tier Money Tuesdays event the literal day after Infinite Multiplayer releases. The iron was struck while it was hot, as some of the best talent the competitive Halo scene has to offer had competed in this wonderful event. While this was a twos event, all eyes were on some of the established professionals who have won countless events in Halo 5, including Snakebite, Royal 2, and Frosty from Sentinels, along with Renegade, Stellar, and Eco from Splice, both teams winning world championship titles in Halo 5. Turns out the power duo, duo of Trippy and Lucid, as known as Saiyan, and now Optic, formerly known as Envy, know how to hold their own against the best in the world and take the event win in a nice $5,000 prize. Last but not least, Halo Rec League. Now, we all understand that our show is focused on the competitive multiplayer aspect of this beloved franchise, but what if you are looking to dip your toes into the competitive Halo realm, but don't have a team to run with in ranked matchmaking, or you don't know where to get your start? Well, enter the Halo Rec League, a casually competitive league in Halo Infinite for players of all skill levels to have a regularly scheduled competitive matches. Seasons consist of two different league types with three different types of skill levels, allowing anyone and everyone for an opportunity to learn competitive aspects of Halo while focusing on the fun. If you want more information on the league, please reach out to us and or Halo ESRL on Twitter. Josh, the competitive Halo community has a major event to look forward to in just a couple weeks' time, but there is so much more for players and spectators to sink their teeth into over the next month. What does everyone have to look forward to during the month of December? The Xbox's Game Pass has PC Games Open Series Halo Infinite 4v4. While well, this is one of the worst names of a tournament series we've ever seen and said, it does come with one of the best prizes you could ask for as a competitive Halo fan. An all-expense-paid trip to HCS Raleigh, including flight, hotel, and team pass. Through December 11th and 12th, a total of 128 teams will compete for their chance of playing against some of the best to ever do it at Raleigh. Chipotle and Halo. Could you name a better combination? 
All right. Doritos and Mountain Dew are iconic, sure, but how about a Halo Infinite tournament series focused around Chipotle? Three free-for-all qualifier events over the course of the month will culminate in a season final. All the tournaments will include prices of cash and products from Logitech, Chipotle, and more. The first qualifier occurs on December 10th. The past month, no, fuck that. The past two years, no, fuck that again. The past six years have been leading up to this moment. The very first Halo Infinite LAN event. The first time there has been an in-person Halo event since the COVID-19 pandemic began in 2020. Teams have been competing in weekly qualifiers over the month of November to determine the bracket seating for the main event. With this being the first LAN event on a brand new Halo title, everyone is on equal footing. Will the reigning dynasty and Sentinels continue their dominance? Will a brand new team of untapped potential make themselves known in the pantheon of Halo greats? Will there be technical difficulties? We'll just have to wait and see when the action kicks off on December 17th. Did we mention the return of the big team battle bonanza? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Inside HCS for November. If you're interested in finding out more about these tournaments or anything else in the competitive Halo space, please check out HCS Pro Talk on all socials, YouTube, Twitch, and anywhere you happen to find your podcasts. Podcast Evolve crew, take it away. Okay, so thank you, Josh and Will, for this month's Inside the HCS. Watch their show live Monday nights around 8pm Eastern, 7pm Central on twitch.tv slash hcsprotalk. Follow them on YouTube and your favourite podcast feed. And then last but not least, we have got a podcast evolved announcement. So, I know David, you'll be excited for this because you're not sure what this is What's it gonna be? (laughs) So... With the conclusion of the Road to Infinite and our Character Dossier series, Podcast Evolved are planning to launch a new ongoing series. This series will launch immediately after the launch of Halo Infinite and will run into 2022 and beyond alongside Halo Infinite's updates, expansions, seasonal content and its life cycle. We are very, very excited to be able to announce Infinite Impressions. Infinite Impressions topics will cover specific aspects of Halo Infinite, from story, to level designs, to characters, marketing, collectibles, and much, much more. So it's going to be a really exciting time for us to dive deep into Halo Infinite with all of you listening at home. And that brings today's digest to a close. So, David, I am going to throw it back to you to take us on out of here. Um, so, everybody, thank you for joining us in the live, in the chat, in the Discord. Thank you all for listening to the ramblings. Um, like I mentioned at the top of the show, you can find all our episodes on our website, halopodcastevolved.com. Um, you can search for their unique feed. So all of our shows have different feeds, and they all obviously feed into the main feed as well. So there's a whole bunch of stuff there for you. If you want to listen to everything, like I said, go check out Halo Podcast Evolved on your favorite podcast service. Once again, another special shout out to all our patrons. Guys, thank you so much. Make it all possible. Uh, Head to patreon.com slash Halo Podcast Evolved if you'd like to learn a little bit more. And finally, like we said, you can leave us a voicemail about this episode or previous episodes or anything else really Halo related. Give us a call at 205-EVOLVED. That's 205-386-5833. Like Aaron said, we won't be actually listening to these calls until January, so be careful of whatever you give. And don't be disappointed if we don't get to it till then. 
And with that, I have been your host, David. And until next time, evolved. 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 Evolved.